begun. this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin and before we get into the, today's conversation about mortal Kombat from 1995 wanted to give you guys a quick reminder that this saturday uh april 10th i, can't, I had to think what month it was this saturday april 10th in waynesboro pennsylvania we will be at the main street comic-con uh i'll be there being part of their podcaster podcasters and youtubers panel um Devin and Ryan will be there in spirit. We'll be doing some fun giveaways. We have some fun merch to give away to people along with some other stuff. Uh, so if you're in the area looking for something to do, coming out to Main Street Comic Con, it'll be a free event. Uh, there's going to be a lot of vendors. They keep adding people to, uh, to every day. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to see you there and you get some cool stuff from us. Um, that being said, let's get into this week's show. Um, Today's film is the 1995 video game adaptation of Mortal Kombat. Uh, this is a film that I had not seen that Devin picked out for me. Much to Ryan's uh, leisure. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, this is also a video, va- video game franchise I have played maybe 20 minutes of total in my entire 30 years of existence. So, uh, that being said, let's get into the show. Devin, take it away. That is such an awesome place to hear that you came from because I'm so curious about your opinion on this. Now, some rote facts about the movie. It was released in 1995, uh, directed by Paul Anderson, who you might know from the Resident Evil franchise, Alien vs. Predator, Pompeii, uh, all of those movies. It stars uh, Christopher Lambert, who is in Highlander, uh, <laughs> who I just affectionately called Diet David Carradine. Um <laughs> Uh, it uh, stars Robin Shu from Death Race and Beverly Hills Ninja, Lydon Ashby, who is Cameron Christian from The Young and the Restless, and nothing else. Don't question me. Um, <laughs> and then Bridget Wilson Sampras from Billy Madison, which I thought was really cool. And an, un, um, an unlisted uh, Frank Welker. Uh, Frank Welker, you might know as uh, Nibbler or Jabberjaw from Harvey Birdman or Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Or Megatron. He's in this. Yeah, or Megatron. Yeah, he's in this movie too, which I absolutely love. So the cast is like pretty stacked. Now, before we get into anything about the movie, I want to hear what where everyone's coming from with video game kind of lore with this. Uh, so, I, Alan, I know that you haven't. You don't have any exposure to this video game, really, at all. What I know is that you it's a button masher for me, and <laughs> there was a DC crossover at one point, and now they're like, everything crosses over into it. Like There's like DLC yeah. for Rambo and Terminator and RoboCop and 
characters from this movie, which I learned watching it. So <laughs> that's what I know. Ryan, what about you? How, what, what's your exposure with this? Well, uh, see, pre fifth grade, I remember having friends that had it, and I, you know, play it when I was over at their house. Um, Storyline wise, I, I don't know if a lot of what I know is actually like accurate, or, mm-hmm. or if, or if it's what happens when a bunch of fifth graders talk to each other about video game storylines at recess. So, uh, but I feel like I'm pretty grounded on it and i've never really owned a copy of the game series but i've played enough of them to you know to really enjoy it and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get into more about the movie and how i feel about it and all that later but yeah i mean it's i know the the core of it i believe Mm -hmm. and to me it's a it's a good version of the main story okay uh, and I grew up with Mortal Kombat. I never really played it much, but I was always kind of around it. Uh, and me and uh, when I was little, me and friend of the show, Andrew, used to play Mortal Kombat in the backyard all the time. <laughs> uh, and not like we played the video game, like young Devin took off his shirt when I'm Liu Kang now. And uh, Andrew got on a bike and went, I guess I'm Sub-Zero. And then I'm not sure what happened from there. I think that's all I remember. But, like, this, like, franchise is kind of dear to me. So, Devin, tell me if this is a false memory or not. Did you know how to play the theme song to Mortal Kombat on saxophone? Yeah. Yeah, I know how to play the theme song on saxophone. That's also, yeah. I couldn't think if I was making that up or not. Nope. (laughs) So, Yeah. So with that in mind, and knowing where we all came from, what did you guys think of the movie? Ryan, you can go first. Okay. Well, I mean, I the last time I saw this movie before we watched before rewatching it this morning was like four months ago. Oh wow. So I mean, I don't I don't have it on Blu-ray. Um, I have it on DVD. I think it's the original DVD when like it released <laughs> the DVD. So it doesn't have any of the like enhanced picture or anything. Um, so it's like watching it on a VHS tape. Uh, Neat. <laughs> so I get that experience whenever I watch this. But I mean, it's it's fun to me, and there's really no thought you really need to put into it when you watch it. Like it's kind of like a Godzilla movie, to be perfectly honest. Like it's kind of like it's. It's got flaws. Doesn't really matter overlooking them completely because of what I like about this movie just compensates for any issues that I might have with it. Um, And there's a lot to get into with how I first experienced this movie, which I'm sure we'll get into because that's going to be a little bit. So Um, but I I fully enjoy this. So there's that. Okay, Alan, what did you think? Okay, so I gave you I gave you some trouble last week when I said I was going to have to pay to buy it, to watch this. Yeah. Thank God it was on Peacock for free. Cause if I spent money watching this, I'd be flying over to London right now and slapping you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's an overreaction. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. I, uh, it's, it's like watching the most boring parts of watching somebody else play a video game. It's just a bunch of cut scenes. <laughs> Um, like I wasn't invested in any of the characters at all. Um, some of them were making weird choices in the same scene, like tone wise. Um, and there's a reason that I have the, uh, poster up 
with all of the characters as the uh, as our thing here because I need that for reference talking about these guys. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was not the best video game adaptation I've seen. <laughs> okay, and. I want to counterpoint that and say that mm-hmm. this is my gold standard for video game movies. Okay, well, hold on. What is So I did some research before this show. This is currently sitting on Rotten Tomatoes as the eighth best video game adaptation movie. Number one is Angry Birds the Movie 2. Just to give you a frame of reference for what this is. It's Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. Uh, Angry Birds 2 is the best one? Like, that's what they're saying? I've never seen either. I like Angry Birds. It's really funny. I like Ryan, this one. Ryan made me watch that, not even for the podcast. That was before the show. He's like, we're going to watch Angry Birds. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't bad. I think the best one is Sonic. Um, number three on the list. Yeah. What's number two? Number two, I think, is the Tomb Raider movie. Okay. The newer one. Okay. Um. I mean, this is a better adaptation. Like, this is a very faithful adaptation, and I Mm -hmm. think it's to a fault. Like, I think that's why I didn't enjoy it. Because almost too much. It's just cutscenes. Like, there's no, there's no meat to the story. It's just like, oh yeah, this person's got to fight this person. They're going to fight this person. (laughs) Like, it's in the there's different set pieces. Like, it's a faithful adaptation to the video game, but there's not much of that video game. For me to be invested in to begin with, personally, so, which I completely—I mean, coming coming from your perspective of not really playing mm-hmm. the game and like not really like that—I completely get why you're, you know, why you have the opinion that that that, uh, that that you do on it. My thing is that either you do this movie like cutscenes in a video game and string it together, or you wind up getting Street Fighter. Okay, I'm glad you brought up Street Fighter. Okay, good. I'm kind of mad at myself. I was I was halfway through this movie, like, where the hell is Raul Julia? That's all I knew about this movie, <laughs> and I got confused with Street Fighter. And neither of you corrected uh... on me last week. Like, I was I was expecting Gomez Adams to show up, and he didn't. And I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> when did you drop any reference that it was going to be Street Fighter? Huh? I didn't. I. I know. I just thought Raul, I knew Raul Julia was in a, a video game adaptation before he died, and okay. I got him confused. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that's fine. It happens. Yeah. So, Ryan, why is this your gold standard for video game movie then? The just like what Alan said, uh, it's faithful to the game mm-hmm. so heavily, and okay. it's like. It's so faithful to the game that, to a fault, exactly mm-hmm. like Alan said, um, but the corniness of it that they add in, like Raiden, like the way he talks, his ha 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 ha, like after he says certain things, like it's little stuff like that in this that, to me, like, okay, this is just a cornball video game movie. And it's so faithful to the video game that, to me, this is like... The, the, this is where the line is between a, a video game being a good video game movie and a mm-hmm. video game movie being a bad one. 
So, like, all of the movies that we all picked for our video game movie, like, uh, triple feature, mm-hmm. they all fall over that line to where they're in that gold zone, over the gold standard. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty that, well, a few that actually fall below this. So it's not that, like, this is, like, you know, like, the top best video game movie of all time. This is setting that line of, mm-hmm. well, where do you compare it to this? Are you are you as good in these aspects that, that, you know, that like this movie, like hit, uh, hit home runs in, or do right. you fall short? Okay. So it's kind of like your benchmark. Like everything yeah. is compared against this. Is it, do you think this movie is yeah. too reliant on knowledge of the source material though? Yes, I do. Yeah. And I feel like that's what Alan's problem is with this. You think so, Alan? Do you think, like, if you were more familiar with Mortal Kombat, like, the the history or video games, you'd enjoy this a little more? Or, like, do you think, like, it's just, like, not not worth it? No, definitely. Like, the only character I could name off the top of my head from Mortal Kombat going into this was Sub-Zero. Yeah. And that's it. Like, and I I would be able to identify the the logo there, but that's about (laughs) it. Um, Yeah. But. So not, not a whole lot. Nope, not nothing. Like that's all I got. Sub Zero. Okay, so let's let's then start with some of the bad things the movie does because it does do some admittedly bad things. By the way, this movie lives rent free in my head all the time. <laughs> I will watch it with anyone at any point in time, and I will have an equal amount of fun every time I watch it. Uh, I will laugh at the dumb parts. <laughs> I will, you know, just I, I'll dance along to the freaking soundtrack. By the way, watch this movie while working out today. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. It was a good workout movie. I, I do appreciate... I, I will give it a positive on the soundtrack. Like, they pretty much just ripped it from the game, right? I think it was all... I think it was mostly original. But they, It was tune, tu- tuned up. It was, yeah. like, turned to 11. Yeah, but it's like yeah. the same thing. Like, da, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah. an orchestrated version of that, but not actually orchestrated. Like actually, like MIDI keyboards and some guys. I mean, it felt like the game uh, from the bits that I've played. Like it felt like Mortal Kombat with the music. Like the music, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little jarring compared to what I was seeing on screen, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, this movie soundtrack went platinum in two weeks. Like that's how that's how well it sold and how like well received this. Not even the movie, but like the soundtrack was. And like I looked up how well the movie did. The movie was, I think, number one in the box office for three weeks, which sounds really cool and really impressive. It was up against the Babysitters Club as the other big release when it came out. So I'm not overly surprised. I think. Yeah. It was also it also came out in ninety five and mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat had been in the in the news prior to this because I mean I remember my mom asking me about this game because a couple guys on my street had it and I'd go over and mm-hmm. you know and, and hang out at their place and we'd play it and my mom was like so what happens in this game called Mortal Kombat because she heard about it on the news or something and people wanted to get this thing like banned all for. A little bit like all for some blood, some like red pixels, basically. Red, yeah, basically red pixels, skeletons, weird deaths, and you could. But there was a mode on the game where you could take that off. 
they actually put a feature for parents to take that out to where there wasn't any blood red pixel blood squirting out of the back of the person's head so it's like be a parent just go in there and (laughs) find out what your kids are doing just be a parent for crying out loud don't cry to the news well with that in mind i mean mortal kombat has a history of being like this incredibly bloody graphic thing like alan did this surprise you with how uh with how it portrayed all that i was expecting more Mm -hmm. um i think the reboot's gonna be a lot more bloody but for 95 it makes sense um yeah it, it wasn't anything shocking for me i don't think but I was watching it on Peacock, so I don't know how much they actually edited <laughs> the film beforehand. So, did they I mean, show probably... the? Oh, go Sorry. ahead. Did they show the guy burst into a million pieces? I think so. Yeah. Okay. That was it. That was you, you saw the worst of it. Um, <laughs> a- apparently, the original cut of the movie is supposed to be like R-rated and was supposed to be pretty graphic and bloody. And the studio was like, "No, we need to make this PG-13." So they toned it way down. Okay, Which. So... So I got curious about what other movies were in the theaters in August 1995. Okay. So we've got Waterworld with Kevin oh, Costner. No. Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. That's the uh, Gangster Paradise teacher movie. Got it. Uh, something to talk about, which I'm not sure what that is. Oh, it's a Julia Roberts, Den- uh, Re- Dennis Quaid movie. Mm. Um. Babe. <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll do. Good. The Oof. Net with Sandra Bullock. A Walk in the Clouds. Apollo 13. One of mm. Ryan's favorites, Virtuosity. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Clueless. Nine months. And then I, it, it, I could just keep going. Um, but the one that caught my eye was Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. <laughs> fun stuff but this so op- yeah this this, this wins this opened again so this was third in the box office it's opening weekend mm-hmm. um it also opened with the babysitter's club like, like you said mm-hmm. i thought there was another one. Oh, and the usual suspects Oh wow, that's a actually good movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Usual Suspects came in at thirty-one. Wow. Yeah. Now hold on, I want to make sure the Babysitters Club movie isn't actually like a good movie that I just think is a bad movie, like Adventures in Babysitting, right? I don't think it's it's good. I <laughs> I can't really say much about that. Um, okay. I don't think it's good. Judging by the poster that I've never seen before, I think you're good in saying that. Like, it's, it's probably not... pretty. Yeah. Okay. Man, 1995 right. was a weird year. <laughs> Man. Well, I mean, if you have, if you have like this being at the top of the box office, I mean, I love Mortal Kombat, but I want to go back in time to 1995 and just stay at the multiplex because I, like, just looking at the rest of this list, Operation Dumbo Drop. Indian in the Cupboard, Pocahontas, Bushwhacked, uh, Casper, Species, uh, Batman Forever, um, Braveheart, Bad Boys, 
Um, wow. Like, just take what me. What a lineup. That's like peak 90s. Like, that whole summer. Yeah. Like, geez. Well, it is dead center in the 90s, so, yeah. I mean, that would be the... Also, <laughs> they I were, like, in full swing. I don't know <laughs> when it happened, but Ryan's video froze again, and he looks um, stoned. That's the best way to put it. That's fun. Okay. Um, But yeah, so. Yay. Uh Well, I did want to get into stuff that we didn't like about the movie, because even though I love the movie, uh, there's just stuff that's silly in the movie, uh, or stuff that, like, you know, is a little bit hard for me to watch. Um, And I could start. I think it's, uh, for me, the ending I don't love how they're like, yeah, we all did it, guys. And then immediate, like, no rest sequel bait, and then it's over. I don't think I like that. I don't think I got a lot of character resolution there. I got, yeah, guys, we did it, and then sequel bait. And I think that happened too fast for me. So my big problem with it is, like, yeah, we did it. One guy did it. Uh... (laughs) Right. And I have to refer to the poster because I can't remember names. Liu Kang? Liu Kang. Like, he's the only one who actually did anything in that final battle. The other one's like, oh, no, we're here, too. And then they just kind of stood <laughs> to the side. Um, but, yeah, like he, did, like, he did all the work. I didn't like that they set up the sequel. Uh, and we'll get into that later. But, like, there's, there's no, like resolution to anything because there's no building up to anything like there's no actual character development for you to resolve here like there's no story except for Liu Kang's brother dying and him getting some resolution there that's it that's the only character development I could see in this movie okay so one all three of them have issues and they all get resolved by the end so Liu Kang yes about Mm -hmm. his brother and then and then you have Sonya Blade uh, her thing was that she wanted to get revenge and she had to put that off to the side and focus on what she actually needed to do. And she did. She put her revenge off to the side. Granted, she got her revenge, but she didn't go into the ring really wanting to do that. She actually went into, uh, uh, she went into the, into that ring, not looking for revenge. And it actually mm-hmm. turned out her way. And then you, uh, and then you have Johnny Cage, who he just wants to be able to shut all of the critics up and tell them, hey, look, I am doing my own stuff because he has a bit of pride there that there's an yeah. issue like ego pride. And he and he's able to put that off to the side with one amazing catchphrase. Those were five hundred. Sun- those were five hundred dollar sunglasses. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> So it it was, that was the one thing that I think got me this on this watch was everybody did have plots that were resolved, but they were all resolved at very different moments. Mm-hmm. Like I think Sonya's was resolved first, and they were like, "Okay, cool, we got hers out of the way." Next, yeah, and yeah, and I I think part of the problem is they resolved her getting revenge, and then like, okay, now you're going to be the damsel in distress, and we're going to put you in this leather dress. <laughs> Okay, that part was a little bit uncharacteristic for her video game-wise, I think. It was, um, and they just wanted to show her off because they got her as an actress for the movie. Like, that's purely a 90s thing that happened. Coming literally directly after Happy Gilmore. She walked off of the set of Happy Gilmore onto this one. And they frizzed out her hair. 
And they frizzed out her hair. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, that role was originally supposed to go to Cameron Diaz, but Cameron Diaz broke her wrist training for this role, and then it went to the lady that we got. Wait. Which makes it more 90s. Yeah. Cameron Diaz? Cameron Diaz. IMDb facts, man. I got a bunch of them. They're bananas for this movie. All right. You said Happy Gilmore. I thought she was in Happy Matt or Billy Madison. Billy Madison. It's Billy Madison is what I meant. I mix those up so much. They're all one giant loud Adam Sandler movie to me. It's the one where he goes through school again, right? She's like the teacher. She's She's the fifth grade teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, is like the most '90s person alive. <laughs> in the chat, friend of the show uh, Andrew says uh, Johnny Cage did enough to stand on the side at the end with his $500 sunglasses. <laughs> Fair yep. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, That's all you need, uh, Ryan. What what problems did you have with the movie, if any? I mean, I understand I mean, you love it. I love it too. Look, I love this movie and to be like that, but I mean, to pick this thing apart. Let's mm-hmm. start. So first off, the beginning of this is just a giant mess. Like <laughs> people like to think that the first forty minutes of was it uh, the last Star Wars movie? What was the Rise what was of Skywalker? Rise yeah. of Skywalker. People, people, you know, like like to talk about how oh they were jumping from person to person. The editing was horrible. You watch the first thirty minutes of this movie and tell me that that's the worst thing you've ever seen. So they cut back and forth between all of, all of all of the characters real quick, and uh, you go from Liu Kang to Sonya to Johnny Cage, and then you throw in. Raid in there a little bit, and then you have him talking to his like uh, sensei person, mm-hmm. um, sitting in his chair, which they say real quick. So if you miss it, you have no idea who the hell this guy is that he's talking to. And then he morphs into the other guy, um, and then you get to the club, and they get on the boat, and they don't set the tone for Raiden at all. And then he starts cracking. You know, just like having fun with his character and doing mm-hmm. the whole ha 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 thing. So they didn't even set the pace correctly for him to be a character in this. And then they just slap you with dad humor across the face. <laughs> um, and then they get to the island and it's purely a ripoff of Enter the Dragon. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, basically the plot is a ripoff of Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And so I give a pass to the effects because it's 95 and this was probably a low budget movie. So I'm not even going to get into Reptile. I'm not even going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Um, uh, and then you've got like the the princess. Like in her oh, whole motivation. Katana? Yeah, Katana and like her whole motivation. I like say I... Toadstool. Toadstool. <laughs> hmm? Is that where she was sitting when they no. first show her? No, it was a Mario reference. No, no, no yeah. I know, but I'm trying to figure out what the connection is between Toadstool and her character. Oh, just the word princess. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, like, you've got that whole thing going. But, I mean, besides all these issues, and I could list a thousand more, mm-hmm. the cornballiness of this movie counteracts any of that. Yeah. So. Well, and but, I think, yeah. But I think if if I want to bring up one actual problem with this, mm-hmm. um, it would have to be Sony's character. Yeah, because they do a decent amount for Johnny Cage. They do a decent amount for Luke Kang, and they do a decent amount for pretty much everybody else. 
But her, like you said, they'd just be okay, like her motivation's revenge, they take care of that, and then any benefit that she has as a character goes right out the window. Yeah. And you know, like she's a pretty good character in the video game, and it's kind of upsetting that what they did to her. So yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, they kind of, like, use her as a plot device at some point, and I just do yeah. not, I do not like that. Like, please don't do that. Yeah. Um, so, you hit on one of my favorite parts of this, is just its corniness. Uh, I think, Ryan, you probably have one. Uh, I know I have one. Alan, uh, and I'll, I'll answer mine first, but is there a line in this that made you laugh, chuckle, or at the very least, not roll your eyes? So there's a moment when they're getting on the ship from what looks like a turbo Power Rangers movie. And uh, Johnny Cage gives the guy his luggage to pick it on the boat. And he just mm-hmm. chucks it in the water. He's like, thanks for the money. And just walks away. I love yeah. that moment. Like that was just like a giant F you to him. I enjoyed yep. that. Uh, that was probably my favorite <laughs> moment of the film. Cause I was like, yeah, stick it to the man. <laughs> Which cheeked it like eight minutes in. <laughs> Which I I absolutely love that scene, and mm-hmm. I have a theory. So I mentioned before that I feel like the the entire island part is like a ripoff of Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. which is a Bruce Lee movie. Bruce Lee, when he was on the set of was it uh, the Hornet, when he was the Green side, Green yeah, yeah, on the oh, uh, yeah. is on the Green Hornet. Uh, when they when they first started filming, some exec walked out onto the like set, and they didn't realize that he was in character and in costume and he handed him keys and asked him to move the car around back oh no and i would not be surprised and this is a pretty popular story like when it comes to people Mm -hmm. who you know follow bruce lee and in the industry like they know this story and i would not be surprised if that was put in there to reference that because you don't make a movie like this that's that close to Enter the Dragon without people mm-hmm. on set knowing, be like, oh, yeah, no, this is, we're, like, redoing a Bruce Lee movie. So, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, too. Because, I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I didn't know there was history with that, and I love that there is. It was definitely that kind of a moment. I just yeah. think, I like, that whole thing just made me think of the uh, scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Anybody kills anybody goes goes to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking love that movie. Oh man. So, uh, mine is anything Raiden says. Anything that he says and then does his like cheap laugh after. Yeah, I laugh at hysterical every time. I don't know why. I think I, I this time on this watch through, my funniest moment was realizing that Liu Kang got a Western Union telegram. And it just said, your brother's dead, come home. I was like, <laughs> fucking soften the blow a bit, man. Like, yeah. Don't just be dropping death charges through Western Union like that. Yeah, yeah I know. But I mean, at, at the same time, though, like, man, you rip the Band-Aid off. You don't slowly do it. You just rip the thing right off because it's going <laughs> to hurt regardless. So, I mean, you know, it's like here. It's just like a money ball. You, you you don't beat around the bush. If a guy gets traded, you tell him you're getting traded. This person will take care of you know your you know travel and, and everything. Yeah, your brother's dead. Come home. We need you. <laughs> like what? My brother's dead. We told what you you didn't hear me the first time. Your brother's dead. Come home. <laughs> we as a culture have spent so much effort softening the blow of these types of things. They could have at least said like passed away or 
moved on from this world or the great I mean, mortal combat in the sky. I like, mean, it's better than saying uh, your brother got a foot through his back and broke his spine and he died from complications. <laughs> so I mean, sure. I mean, you've got to come home. I mean, or better yet, uh, your brother's soul was sucked out by a interstellar demon. We need you to come home and help defeat this guy. Which reminds me, the freaking facial expressions on the bad guy. I loved oh, every time. Was it was it ever distracting for you guys or like over the top? Because for me, it was like, it was perfect. Like it was like that level of, I get that this is cheesy. I get that this is campy, but you know he knows it too. <laughs> yeah, he was really hamming it up throughout the whole film. Um. Is that a character in the um, in the game? Yes. Yeah, Shang Sun is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't know this stuff. Yeah. He no. I mean, he's a little bit different in this movie, admittedly. Um, but basically, they ended up taking his his actor and using basically that model for future versions of that character, okay. which is cool. Like, yeah. So they're all roughly based on him now, which I I really like. All right. So what did you guys think of, and we brought this up a couple times and I wanted to touch on it. What did you guys think of it being basically Enter the Dragon, but a video game? I think for me, it was a smart move. I think that it was a plot that we knew worked. uh, And I think that, you know, if putting those same characters in that same kind of situation just kind of worked for the plot and at least made the movie have some sort of flow to it that fit the video game narrative instead of trying to come up with our own freaking thing for it. But, um, Alan, have you seen Enter the Dragon? No. Okay. Oh, no! Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I mean, you set that up really good, Devin. I just wanted yeah. to make sure that Alan had that point of reference, <laughs> and I'm afraid I mean, he doesn't. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, when, when it comes... I mean, it, 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 that's what the video game is. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the video game is a straight-up fighter. So, I mean, any storyline you get is is through little conversations of like, you know, be like the little pixelated faces with the jaws moving and the little words <laughs> underneath. Right. Um, or from the manual, you know, the 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 the, uh, the booklet that comes with the game. So I, I think they were just trying to figure out, okay, so how do we do this through levels? How do we show that things get more difficult with it just being fighting and they're not mm. going to the same room every single time to fight? Like you wouldn't any other type of situation like this that doesn't have to deal with like, as Raiden said, you know, uh, was it uh, um, sideshow characters? Sure. Yeah. So it, is, it fits. I mean, Alan, mm. pretty much Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee and a few friends go to this island and they pretty much have to fight for their lives. And each time they win, they go up a level of this giant tower. Okay. Which is, I mean, basically this movie, to be honest. Which is basically also the video game. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I mean, was there, uh, is there anything that reminds you of this? Is there a movie that has a similar narrative or similar setup when it comes to this movie? And if you and if you related this to anything? Uh, not really. Maybe uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, have uh, you seen Beverly Hills Ninja? I have, yeah. Is uh, it good? No. Oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> have you not seen Beverly Hills Ninja? I've not seen Beverly Hills Ninja. Ryan, how about you? I've seen it. 
Oh, well. All I need is I... one of you to put it on the list. <laughs> I do really want to watch it, though. Um, it's not going to be next week, but... Oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just like the, the normal karate story that I, I'm used to, like... Uh, punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty. Um, <laughs> it, it, but it's like a tournament this time, so maybe a little bit Karate Kid? With a, oh, with I can see mi- that. Minus the wax on, wax off, and sweeping the leg. Uh, this time it's punching the balls. So, okay. So that was one of the ones that I think looks really stupid, or that scene looks. I was thinking about it today. That scene looks really stupid if you don't know the video games, because in the video game, and I feel like in the movie, like Alan, did you have this where it just like looked cheap and looked like a crappy way to win a fight? Yeah, it does. <laughs> It's like a low blow. Um, Literally. And uh, do I want to tell this story on the on the on the on the show? Yes. I may have yes, injured, I may have injured myself recently. Oh no, um, Alan! Yeah, in a stupid way. Um, I may or may not have dropped a PlayStation PlayStation controller on my lap in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't fun. Like, I had people on my headset making sure I was okay, because I, like, let out, oh! <laughs> um, so that scene hit home. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like a 4D experience, because I, I could actually feel it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I think for me, I think the big pull of this movie is, I've had a few friendships throughout my life that kind of revolve or in some way, shape, or form incorporate this movie. I've had a lot of like bad movie nights with people where we watch this movie, and I've had a lot of fun with it. I've had, you know, I remember uh, I had a, a, per- a friend who lived across the hall from me when I was in college would play this soundtrack all the freaking time just from his room, and we would like talk Mortal Kombat a lot. And it's one of those reasons why like I'll forgive every like you know terrible one-liner. I'll forgive every like signed photographed picture of Johnny Cage that he lays down at Scorpion's feet after he explodes. Like, I'll forgive all of that. Do you guys have a movie like that? Where, like, you know it's bad, or, like, you know it's not a a perfect movie, but, like, it just kind of gives you those, like, warm fuzzies just because of, like, the situation that you've seen it in, the times that you remember with it, like, those kinds of things? Batman Forever. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, it's just those movies from '95, man. Uh, no, I know <laughs> it's not, I know it's not a great movie, but that is one that is like my my happy place. Like you put me in, like the soundtrack gets me pumped. Um, both the score and the seal song. I'm sorry, Devin. Uh, Hate it. You, you Hate know, like you know, I can't bring up that movie without bringing up uh, Kiss from. Mars. I was hoping we'd slide right past yeah. it. Nope, never. Damn um, it. E- even Batman and Robin, like it's not great, but. It's fun to watch. Um, yeah. It's fun enough to watch that uh, the fact that Mr. Freeze is in Space Jam 2 is like, what? That's pretty funny, actually. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's mine. Yeah. Ryan, do you have one? That's like half the movies I watch. So, I mean, <laughs> but to really boil it down, I'm just going to say this one simply because it's on topic and that's what I'm 
So we're, you know, that's what I'm thinking of. But I mean, because that and I've got a lot of movies I'd consider bad that aren't really seen as being that bad. So it's whatever. Um, but this one, I'd say for the conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's like I've talked about this before, but like this was probably my favorite theater experience like ever. Mm-hmm. So um, just going in and my dad taking me was a surprise we go to the theater it's packed i'm sitting you know with my dad and there's probably like i was was 95 so i was like 10 10 -hmm. or 11 and there was like a group of like older guys like probably young early 20s late teens sitting next to me and we're all talking about the get you know the game and you know really excited for the movie and then just that anthem hits and it just you could feel it in your chest it was amazing everybody's screaming so much fun. <laughs> See, I love. Have you? I love movie theater experiences like that. I really, where like you can tell the whole theater is like just in on it. Yeah. Oh man, have you had that, Alan? It doesn't have to be for Mortal Kombat, by the way. Um, <laughs> like a movie theater experience like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the last one that comes to mind is Endgame. Oh really? Yeah. Because, well, because I haven't really seen much in theaters since Endgame. But True. like, wh- like the moment when Cap gets Mjolnir and like, just that whole final battle, like everyone's cheering. Um. Yeah, I I think Marvel movies are the closest thing I get to that. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like I had that, and this might be a weird movie for it. I feel like I went to the only like positive screening of the matrix three where <laughs> all of the theater was in on it. And like that scene where like Neo sacrifices himself, like you could hear a pin drop in the theater. Everyone stopped. It was like very like dead quiet. We were all into it. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, reality hit, we realized it was a dumb movie, but for the time it was really cool. I think it's one of the things I just like the most about this movie is Everything around it, and not necessarily everything like the movie itself. I think. Yeah. No, um, no, I like the movie itself too. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. my big question then. You talked about it a little bit, Alan. Yes. Does this movie make you want to watch Mortal Kombat Two: Annihilation? I think I know that answer already. <laughs> no. 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 Not at all. <laughs> Ryan actually lent me a movie that I have somewhere still in a, in the case for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And I looked at the cover and I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm not watching that. Oh, it's the movie we're supposed to watch. Ah, it's the other movie. Um, I still have that, by the way, Ryan. We have to meet up at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I have no desire no. to watch that. Now, my question about that is, does it pick up right where this film ends? Yes. It does? Oh, yeah. Same, so, same same characters, same actors. I not really the same actors, but because <laughs> I but I mean, here's so here's the thing you mentioned before about how this movie ended and how it was like really rushed and you know mm-hmm. like there's you know going into it, Liu Kang ends the fight, he reunites with his brother for a quick second, and then uh, they're like, well, let's go home, and then and then just a quick cut to a bunch of kids running with ribbons and then they're walking down this path that's on the other side of the globe from where they were before even if they were on earth and she's still wearing a robe which i found funny 
They couldn't find her clothes. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that uh, it picks up right as like the emperor's like your souls will be mine, and like it picks up right there, and they have a giant fight, and then they dive more into the world about like how the emperor was able to break into our realm, even though we won, and Raiden, you know, has. Do, other people that he talks to. Do they say somehow the emperor arrived? <laughs> They're actually very indifferent about it. Okay. I'm just like whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm purposely bypassing that. Anyway, um But yeah, no, th- they pick right up and to be perfectly honest, I really feel like they should have just done both movies at the same time and mm-hmm. then re- and then re- release them like, you know, like one year after the other because I actually like the second one more to be perfectly honest. No way. Yeah. What? Because I don't care about how good it is because it's a Mortal Kombat movie and it's a sequel. And with how, you know... And with... For people who like the video game and for people Mm -hmm. who were just like, ah, this is a dumb movie, I get to turn off my mind and just enjoy it, Mm -hmm. it's a perfect sequel. See, that's the thing, is for some reason, I really like this movie... I can't do the second one. I just can't. I don't know. With Sub-Zero's brother? Yeah. Sub point one. I don't know. I couldn't think of a good enough joke fast enough. Um, I No, it's just, he's just Zero. Oh, right. He would be. Yeah. The other one's Sub-Zero. It's better. No, I, I can't do it. I mean, can can I spoil some of it for you, Alan? The sequel? Go for it. Yeah. One of the things I don't like is that, like, a second into the first movie, or the second movie, they kill off Johnny Cage. Okay. And, like, I just, for some reason, like, he's, I, I know he's not a perfect it's, character in the first one, but I like his character enough that I feel like he deserved better. It's because they bring in Dax, and you've got to kill off somebody. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Which, Katana, that was, then. well, I mean, Gapu? Katana? She's important, though. I know, but she wasn't a great character in this movie. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> my my biggest complaint with the first one is that Dax isn't in it, and I okay. really like Dax. And when I first saw this, and okay, so Alan Dax has Dax has metal arms. Yeah, okay, that's him. He, that's it. He, that's he his has, character. He, he he has robot arms. And they actually had him in this movie. Um, he uh, he was Sonya's partner when they were in the club, and yeah. and when she was on the dock, he, yeah. he was the guy that was with her. And when I first saw this, that was my first letdown when I was watching this movie in the theater. Was oh cool, Dax is going to be in this. This is great. And then she runs off onto the boat, and the last thing you see of da- Dax is going, "Wait, call for backup! Don't go!" <laughs> and that's the last you see of him. I was like, great, no Dax. I want my metal arms. Well, he's in the second one, and he's got a pretty cool story in the second one. Okay. About how he gets the arms and everything, which is really neat. So, with that in mind, and with kind of the lore of this whole thing in mind, Alan, will you watch the 2021 version of it at all? Or are you just like, I'm done? Are you going to make me watch it for the podcast? I don't know yet. I'm kind of on the fence about it because this is, this is I, another one. I want to watch it. This is another one of those HBO Max ones. It is, uh, but it comes out Oscar weekend. So, oh wow, yeah. really? Yeah. What a bold move. Yeah, I mean, it, 
It's on HBO Max. I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, so really, it's the whole month. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, I haven't seen the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. I've only seen pictures. It looks well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Ryan's talked about his concerns about it before. I mean, if you're going to make me watch it for for the for the podcast, I would love to be able to compare it to this one and nothing else. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, maybe I, I'm yeah. I'm indifferent. I'm not against it, but I'm also not like chomping at the bit. It, not chomping at the bit. Going to load it in at 9 a.m. the next day on HBO Max and get my popcorn ready. Oh, I will. Ryan, what about you? How do you feel about the new one? Well, I mean, I have my concerns, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want my concerns to be unfounded. <laughs> you sound a little bit like me, where you're like awkwardly, ske- not awkwardly, but you're just like skeptical about things like right away. Well, it, 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 it's not that I'm sketched. It's not, it's not that I'm sketchy about it or skeptical about it right away. It's mm-hmm. just, it's it's very situational. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those times where reading a few articles, reading things that have been said, applying it to things that have happened in the past, that's what makes me concerned. Because I do not want this to turn into what happened to Hellboy. Yeah, you're just getting a little bit like over if kind it, of some of these things. If it's campy and corny, like how the the first, you know, the, the, the one we're talking about now is, I'm fine. But if it turns into like we're going to use the f word every other sentence because we can, that's when I'm going to be like, no. Yeah. Okay. So makes sense. All right. Any other final thoughts on Mortal Kombat? I loved it. I it's it's my feel good movie. I if you haven't seen it, just give it a watch. It's okay. fun. Now I, I do have a question for the both of you. Yeah. If I were to sit down and play a Mortal Kombat game, which one should I play? Mortal Kombat 10. It's uh, it's Mortal Kombat X, I think, is, is its like official like title. It does a decent job of retelling this story, but in, a, I think, a little bit of a better way. Um, you could tell the characters are like a little bit more f- better fleshed out. Okay. Uh, and I just, I really like it. I think it's a good one. All right. What, what do you think, Ryan? Is that the Mortal Kombat RPG? No, no, it is not. No, I I know they did a couple of RPGs that I'm not I'm not about that life. Because that's actually one of those is what I'd recommend because I remember a friend of the show Chris got uh either got it or he was renting it and I was up hanging out with him the one weekend and he was playing it and I actually really liked that one. Um mm-hmm. simply because it kind of it, it's more storyline driven than just mm-hmm. pure fighter driven and I feel like that I feel like Alan would have more fun with that. Then he would just a straight up fighter. Okay, it makes sense. I, I I'm trying I, to. Yeah. I'm trying to fit the game to you, Alan. I'm trying I, to go I, towards your strengths and what you like. I so I don't mind fighters. I, I mm-hmm. it's not my favorite. If it's got a good story though, I'll play it. Uh, case in point, Injustice One and Two. Right. Uh, I think Devin, when you and I went to Walmart when I was in college and bought Injustice to play it. Yeah, uh, it came with Mortal Kombat versus DC, which I think I still have around here somewhere. So yeah, that's probably going to be a maybe bad I'll... game. Yeah, probably. Uh, if it came for free with the other one, like yeah, it's going to be bad. Um, <laughs> as long as it's got a good story, and I'm not just punching 
Like if the cutscenes outweigh the punching, I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, I remember really getting into it. I remember like during, especially during the um, the Shao Kahn one, the the big like guy you see in the sky at the end. During the Shao Kahn fight in that last one, I remember like really like yeah, I gotta do this. So like I, I feel like there was some sort of emotional impact in it for me somehow. Okay. Yeah, and another thing too is like I said, like Mortal Kombat's always been around in my life, and mm-hmm. you know hearing kids talk about it, and you know me picking it up, and me learning it, and playing it here and there. My thing with fight, like I don't care about storylines in fighting games. Sure. I seriously don't because to me there's okay just just theme out a thing mm-hmm. make characters that fit in that thing and just let me fight them that's all I want that's one of the reasons why I when it comes to fighting games I've always been a soul caliber person oh sure always been a soul uh, always been about the soul caliber <laughs> um and that's that's actually the game that actually taught me how to actually play those games mm-hmm. and not just like smash my fist into the controller <laughs> like I was doing forever until I got that game. And then I was actually able to like, okay, oh, I can actually decrease the fight settings to make the yeah. like the AI fight slower. So I actually taught myself how to play it. I haven't played that in years, so I'd probably be right back to square one again. So That's cool, though. All right. Anything else on Mortal Kombat? That's all I got. All right. Uh, so next week, it is my turn to pick. And I'm torn, guys. I've, I've got, I've got two options. So the Oscars are coming up, mm-hmm. and one of the ones that not, got nominated for a lot of awards is Mank, which has to do with the behind the scenes of Citizen Kane. Right, right. I've never seen Citizen Kane. Have either of you seen Citizen Kane? Never. Ryan, I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. I know that sounds really stupid, but just give me a second. So here's what, or or just continue. It's on the list. Yeah, I mean, Citizen Kane is considered one of the greatest films of all time. I would like to watch Mank and know what's going mm-hmm. on and have that frame of reference for Citizen Kane. So what I'm thinking is we knock off one of the greatest films ever made next week with Citizen Kane, even if it's all three of us watching it for the first time. I'm on board. It's been high on the list, especially for that reason. Right. We're talking about the one from 1941. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's still topping lists, though, of like best yeah. movie, right? Like, it's yeah. a heavyweight. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to do. I think next week we're yes. going to watch Citizen Kane for the first time. Uh, which is not something I thought I'd ever say, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch Citizen Kane for the first time right here. Uh, You'll be able to hear our thoughts and our opinions on a movie from 1941 that none of us have seen. So it's going to be really interesting. Wow. I can't, Um, I'm so, I I wonder if it's going to be weird. Like, are they going to have like weird views on things like the forties? I mean, I've seen the Simpsons parody of it, so Good. So you basically uh, know what happens. Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll do that. Until then, uh, remember, you can see us this Saturday at Main Street Comic Con in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. That's Saturday, April 10th uh, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'll be, I'll be there all day giving out 
some fun giveaways and merch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Devin and Ryan will be there in spirit. And by that, I mean, I will have holograms of their ghosts. They'll be like forced <laughs> blue forced ghosts hovering around the, our tent. Um, great. If you're following, if you're watching on Twitch, make sure to hit that follow button. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and hit that like button and make sure that you can see our latest updates for everything coming out soon. Um, you can listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, and you can follow us on Instagram for some fun stuff. Uh, until next time for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And Fatality. Oh, yay! You did one of them! Yeah! <laughs>